Um, guys, this evening, before we go any further, <coughs> yeah, thanks, Sean and the guys. It's amazing. Every week I walk up the stairs, and I don't know. I don't organize the worship, so I don't know who's playing. And I can see some multiplayer each week. Next year, we're going to have like a front row versus a front row. It feels like it. It's awesome. So, we've got so many musicians and singers in this church. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, I just want to invite Alan, Ollie, and Philip just to come forward. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to make a bit of a scene and write for so. Come on, stand right here under the spotlight. <laughs> of the evening service, um, and everyone here would like to welcome you. Um, it's amazing. As you know, we've been waiting almost two years for the senior pastor, and finally the senior pastor has arrived. <laughs> Thank God. And Adam Stoker. <laughs> Adam spoke this morning about timing, or one of the things he said was the timeliness of God. And we just have to acknowledge that God's timing is perfect. So, thank you, Lord. Really, um, as I said, I just want to thank Lynn who's here, and I know Dave is not here this evening, but they did a wonderful job just working with the staff and really kind of piloting the ship while we were waiting for a senior pastor. So Lynn, thank you so much, and also on behalf of Dave. Like <laughs> and so on behalf of the evening service, well, let me just introduce, this is obviously Adam. <laughs> this is wife, Arlene. This is son, Philip. You're going to get to know them well. I just want to encourage you after the service, get alongside them, say hello, give them a hug, whatever you want to do, whatever your way of communicating is, um, and get to know them. Okay. Um, before, I'm going to give maybe Adam in a moment just to kind of say um, where they are at the moment. I know they're moving tomorrow, and that's that sort of thing. Just fill in the guys kind of where you are. But before we do that, I've just got a little gift for you, just a little something, a little worse voucher. Buy something nice for you on your home. <laughs> and obviously, with the women in the house, they have to be flowers. So. Uh, <laughs> so, we just want to you to feel absolutely welcome. Um, even though we're a slightly alternative community and we'll get, we'll get used to that, um, just feel most welcome. I think it's not okay. It's awesome. yes. Okay. And I'll be able to speak in a moment, so I'll ask, I'll ask him then to just fill you in about a moving house and that type of thing. Great. Next step for this evening is I just want to pause for a moment to just, we're going to reflect for a few minutes as the storm rages outside. Thank you, Lord, that we're nice and warm in here. Um, just we had a wonderful camp last weekend, a wonderful time away at Fulmont for the seven camp. Um, where's Albert? Albert is here somewhere. I just want to thank Albert for speaking. <laughs> It was a great time. And so I've asked a few of the guys, I've asked three guys actually, I didn't, get, oh, I didn't speak to any of the girls. So what those three guys, who are they? Matt, Paul, Jake, why don't you just come up and stand here? I'm going to give them just each a couple of, just a moment. Just a brief moment to kind of share about um, their experience at camp and what God had, um, said and did with them. Boys? Yes. <laughs> 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 
everybody. Um, last weekend, a group of us all went to Fulmut for the, for the weekend. And um, it was basically just like a getaway thing, everybody just getting together. I think it was, yeah, but um, I don't know if a lot of us knew what to expect. And um, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. And I kind of just went away thinking, okay, cool, it's a nice weekend away, and I don't have to think about varsity, and I can, you know, just chill out with friends and um, do a hike and whatever else we're going to do. Um, yeah, but it actually turned out to be an amazing weekend, and God really blessed, blessed every single person here. And um, there's just, I just wanted to highlight um, just a couple of things that happened and really stood out for me, because I mean, this is a testimony, so it's about me. <laughs> My dad told me before we before we arrived, said, Matt, you know, this is this is not about you. <laughs> so I was very much like, okay, dad, uh, what do you mean, whatever. And we had a bit of a fight about it, and then I said, no, actually, you're supposed to come here and bring glory to God. So I've got a few things that I think really <laughs> bring glory to God, and I think it really stood out. First of all, um, we did this, um, like Albert set up this thing where we all wrote down on a piece of paper what we wanted to get rid of in our lives, which we didn't think were healthy and not of, and not what God wanted. We all stuck that on on that cross over there, and we carried up this carried up this mountain far too far. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we carried it up and we all took it in turns. And um, I didn't really think of it as anything, but it turned out to be incredibly symbolic. Um, just the fact of just getting rid of things in our lives which we didn't like, um, kind of becoming clean, um, and that. One of the things that came up was becoming constantly clean and renewing ourselves all the time. Yeah. And that really kind of just started the camp. Like even though it was only another day, it really kind of got things going for the evening. Um, and, then, and then it was uh, Saturday night and um, a couple of things happened. One of which, I can't remember who was leading, at the, leading worship, um, but they really had this idea, we really need to just cry, just cry out to God. And um, it was like eyes closed, hands in the air, um, and just scream out how much we love God, what He's doing for us. And I'm telling you something, I've never heard people scream like that before. It, it, really, it really was amazing. And like from that point on, in that evening service, it was one of the most amazing times. I've never cried so much in my life. It was such an amazing feeling. Um, yeah. And then... While we were worshiping during the Saturday night, just for the rest of it, there was such a feeling of like, I wouldn't say bad, de- yeah, like desperation. We were desperate for, for, for God to come and touch all of us. We were so hungry. And God really honored that and just touched every single one of us in such special way. I don't think there was one person who didn't come away from that camp who didn't experience God's love and God's grace. Um, it was just such an amazing time. And um, yeah, so that's about it, really. So thanks very much. We were thanks, man. How's it, guys? Um, yeah, I feel a little small right now because mm-hmm. when you're standing in the spot of like someone who can choke Sam Walden, it's um, yeah, like. To be honest, um, when, when I first like, went to camp, I, I kind of decided quite late, and um, leading up to it, 
Um, I was in quite a place with God in just this a sense that I really wasn't looking forward to camp. Um, you know, I, I wasn't that amped about it. Um, and I kind of just decided to go and just hoping that, you know, God would kind of step up in a sense. Not show up because he's always around, but step up in my life. Um, and, um, you know, Friday night for me was fantastic. I prayed with Waldo and um, just really brought to light where I was at. I've been dealing with uh, inadequacy issues, which stem from quite a long time ago, actually, when I was really young, but have really just come to influence every area of my life. And it's really been what I didn't realize before, but quite a stronghold. Um, and it had really influenced my relationship with God in that I kind of always felt like a bit of a stuff-up with Him because I constantly felt that I was just not living up to a standard that I was supposed to be living up to. Um, so Waldo and I prayed and sat down on a Friday, and I was feeling a little better about it. And then we carried the cross up the mountain the next day, had a great time there. And then Saturday night came, and um, like we said, we had a time of just crying out to God. And, you know, there came a time where um, Albert basically said, look, we want to lay on hands on people who feel like they need prayer. And so I kind of trotted up, um, literally. Um, and, um, and it was amazing because what happened there was Albert was about to lay hands on me and before he could, Jean kind of came like almost sprinting along um, to intervene because she said she had a word for me. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, you know, hopefully we're at. And um, basically it was a verse from the Bible, uh, Zephaniah. And the first sentence of that verse was just, I delight in you. And um, for me, in my, in my inadequacy issues, I, I completely broke. Um, I couldn't, I actually couldn't take that. I couldn't stand there and, and be composed. Um, I broke down because it was exactly what I needed to hear. And it's, it's broken to my life in a way that only God can, so directly, and just hit me up on core. Um, and what's amazing about it is I went from a place of being a, fit, a really bad place with God to I feel like I've been completely restored to like my best times with God in the space of like 10 minutes when it happened. Um, you know, I, I feel motivated now, um, I'm amped, and just continually praying, which is like just completely different from where I was at. And it literally happened in the space of 10 minutes, and which it was awesome for me, because I was just like, look, God does that to me in 10 minutes, and like, I may have had problems with other people and stuff like that, and I realized, well, he does that to me in 10 minutes, who's to say what he can't do to other people over even, like, whatever period of time. So just really opened up my eyes to, to stuff, and... Just, yeah, being very amped now, restored. So. Thanks. How's it going, Jacob? Huge. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ross, like, spoke to me on Facebook um, and asked me, <laughs> <laughs> asked me if I wanted to say something, and I just wrote yes, but I didn't really know what I was going to say. <laughs> so I was just thinking when I was standing over there, what I was going to say. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was also, um, when Paul said he was reluctant to go on camp, I was also quite reluctant. Because every time, like, I've had an encounter with God or something like that, like, on these camps, I've always just come away feeling bad about myself or, like, guilty and now I have to change and be someone completely different. Like, honestly, it's sad. <laughs> so um, I was a bit reluctant because I had a feeling that like the same thing was going to happen. 
But then, like, Rich, Rich Barlow was like, oh, you're coming on camp, you're coming on camp. Like, yeah, I don't have money. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's like, yo, I'm working at this place, like, two nights, and then you can get, like, 250 around a night, and that'll sort you out. I was like, yeah, I don't have any choice, though. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did that, so I had the money for camp. And, like, the first night, I was, like, sitting there, and I don't know what it was, but I was just feeling like I really didn't want to be there. I just wanted to be back in Cape Town. I wanted to like get out. And like I was feeling bad about things. And like, I don't know, it's just like I wasn't feeling good. And then like Albert just said, if you want it, anyone who wants to go up to the front or whatever, just come up. And then like I, I just, I don't know, it was either that, it was either go up to the front or stay feeling like I was feeling like the entire camp. So I decided to go up front. And then like, I broke down and really started crying. Like, it just shows that huge guys like me So yeah, that was cool. And then um, like Steve Van der Beer stays in. Um, there is a bear. He's also huge. He, <laughs> He like came up to me and he started praying with me and he's like, Jake, I was praying during worship that God would break your heart tonight or something. So that kind of happened. <laughs> so that was cool to hear that. And then like, um, so like Saturday came and like I was all over, you know, at this cool moment and stuff. And then like Saturday nights we had that had that whole worship thing, like Paul said, and like. I was feeling like I just want to play worship and stuff, and like, that was fun. And then Steve Bolland called me over, and then all the guys got into a group and started praying. And like, I was feeling pretty bored, like I, I usually do when I pray. <laughs> like, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't like feeling it at all. And then like, as it, as I got on, I like got into it, and it was weird. And then like, I started praying for people, and like, it started becoming like real. Like, recently, or like. Whatever, really, like, prayer, like, hasn't been too real, you know what I mean? Like, it's just been generic words said, like, well, for me, like, so, that was cool. And we ended up praying for, like, four hours, <laughs> which was quite, uh, I've never done that in my time. Like, <laughs> that's, like, more than I've prayed in my life. <laughs> but it was, it was cool, like, I didn't mind staying there for, like, four hours praying. It was weird, because, like, usually I would, like, that. It was just, it was cool. It just felt like, felt real. It was cool. And then like, everyone got around a circle and prayed for me and like, that was weird because like, I just broke down again. But it didn't make sense. And like, everything that like, all of the guys said when they were praying was like, stuff that I had been thinking about. And I was just like, there's no chance. Why are they, why are they praying for this stuff? Like, if I had been thinking about it and I haven't told anyone really, and like, that was cool, <laughs> I guess. So yeah, there's that. Um, but like, I just realized like after camp that, that like, um, just from past experiences as well, that like, you can have these moments like, where you meet God or whatever, and like, you get all emotional. And then, I don't know what it is, whether it's the way people are, like, or the way the church is, but like, you're expected to kind of change and be different right then and there. Now you're a new person, now you go out and like, you're like perfect or whatever. That's kind of what I've, how I've understood it. Like, you go and have these moments and then 
you're meant to be changed and like I just can't do it that's why like I haven't been able to keep it up type of thing and I just realized like after this camp that like you don't you don't have to like change you don't like I don't know you just gotta it takes time you know for, yeah. for like God to work I guess and you, you just gotta kind of go with it and like I don't know keep praying I guess <laughs> like, yeah you, you just gotta go with it because you know that's what I realized so that's cool <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> um, I think the best place to start with is with the um, past few months I've been incredibly depressed. In and out hasn't been like very low all the time. And it's been a big struggle. And I've had uh, like prophecy and all sorts of stuff. God's going to set me free. And I really felt that in my heart. Like this is not something I have to carry around with me. It, it has to go. And basically Friday, that's what it was about. I was like, okay, God, I'm here. You're here. Sort it out. I'm over it. Like <laughs> this is not cool anymore. And um, we, um, Albert's wife was praying with me. And I, I felt it left. Like it felt like a spirit basically that was with me all the time. And I felt it left, but I knew it was still around. And then Elder came to pray with me, and it, and it was gone. And God said, cool, it's gone. Now it's up to you to, to maintain this and keep your relationship going well with me so that it doesn't come back. Because it will come back if you don't trust it and believe that you've been healed from this. So I was like, awesome, it's gone, fantastic. <laughs> I was like on fire. I could com have conversations like I haven't had in months. Like... If you looked into my eyes, I was looking at you, <laughs> finally. <laughs> and um, the rest of the weekend went really well, and I've been hating my job for the past, since I started it, and um, I've really been like praying about it, God, I need a new job, this really sucks. And I've been telling everybody I'm resigning, it's like I'm over, but I never actually did it. And Monday, I walked into work, and I was like, it's time, that's it. So I waited till my boss and his wife got in, and I said, Thanks, guys, but I won't be here next year. <laughs> I don't have a, a job lined up yet, so completely trusting that God's got to sort it out, but I feel free. It's cool. Amen. Um, we really could go on all night, but that's just kind of a snippet of what God's done. You know, people's lives, and they will. I think next next week, I think Rich, Rich is putting a video together that he did on camp, which could be dangerously good. <laughs> which we'll make sure we show next um, Sunday evening, and then I'm sure there'll be more chance next Sunday to share a bit more about what God had done. And it's just good. It's also good just to give people some time to settle coming out of a camp. It's easy to be very optimistic on Monday after a camp, and by the time it's next weekend or whatever, you're feeling quite different. So it's good to let these things settle, and then that. And then the people share, so thanks. And I think personally, again, it's just a reminder of God's faithfulness. I mean, as a leader in the church, you can often feel the onus, but it's, on a, it's upon me, or as a leader or whoever, to somehow facilitate change in people's lives. And you just can't do that. Only God can do that. And it's just wonderful to see God touch people, to see His patience with people. His patience way beyond my patience. Where's Jake? I mean, Jake, where are you? You did. If I was your God, I would have crapped you long ago. But that's just, that's just my personal thing. That's why I got you to share. Because God's just faithful and He's loving, unlike any human being can. Eh? And so we just, 
And I thank God for that. And I thank, I thank Him for what He's doing, for, for how He drew people together. And as we close this time off, I just want to say for those of you who were not on camp, I do not want you to feel excluded. Um, it was only 40-year-old people who could be there, and that was it. But for those of you who work, we want you to feel included. So get alongside those who are on camp. Ask them how it went. Let them share with you, and then you will feel included. And for those of you who are on camp, share it with the others who weren't. And we can include each other and move on. All right. So God, we thank you for this time of being able to share um, just what you do in people's lives. It's amazing. Awesome. Alan, the platform is laid for you. It is laid. Let's just pray as we come to God's word. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you feed us with your word. You strengthen us with your word. And we pray, Lord, that by your spirit you would soften hearts, open ears, and mold our worlds according to your will. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Great to be with you. Thank you, Ross. Uh, great to see what God is doing in this place, and I'm very excited. I don't get to a place by accident. Uh, it's really because God wants me to be here. And uh, you can check with some people here who have known me for many, many years. Uh, people like Ross and uh, Graham's over there, one or two other people, Albert and uh, Lynn and so on. And uh, they've seen some of the things that we have been through, some rough stuff. We've been through fires, and uh, God has molded us and uh, sent me off to Polokwani. And uh, that was really, really interesting and exciting. And uh, great to hear about people are going out on missions and so on. That's, I believe, that one of the things God has to take you into after you've sort of learned all the other things, how to build up your life and faith and so on. Uh, the next thing is pray about mission. Uh, really great, really important. And uh, it, uh, it, was, it was quite a challenging thing when a bishop picks up a telephone and he says to you, Alan, God's given me your name and I want you to come to, well, those days it was called Petersburg. And, uh, you know, like many folk in Cape Town, we don't know much about what hap happens <laughs> so of course we got out of map very quickly, you know, pays to Petersburg. I said to him, where's that? I know we sent Petersburg is, but I don't know about Petersburg. But anyway, we went to Petersburg. It was a long journey. It was a tough journey, but what a blessed time it was. It was uh, sort of pre-94, or just after the elections, and uh, Petersburg was probably one of the most divided um, cities in South Africa. And, uh, and God used us there just in reconciliation. Oh. It's really, really wonderful. And uh, that's something that's very close to my heart in uh, uh, bringing about reconciliation. And I believe we've still got lots to do in Cape Town and in South Africa as well. And, uh, you know, they say something about a bridge. It's great being a bridge, bringing communities together. But remember that bridges get walked over. And one of the things I found is that uh, uh, there's been lots of walking over in my life. But great in there. What a joy it's been. And, and great to be here. I'm very excited. I believe that we are at the threshold of something very exciting. And even this weekend you've been on. I believe it's part of that plan that God's preparing you for something. And there's going to be tough challenges. And maybe that's the reason why I'm here, to walk with you, to walk with you some of the stuff, uh, the tough stuff that you're going to find uh, yourself in. Uh, I've been through many of that and God has has molded me, been through fire, purified 
gold. I remember on one occasion saying to the Lord, he said, no other way of purifying gold. He says, no, you've got to go through the fire. Okay, so this is going to be fire, going to be tough. The previous congregation I was in, we were involved in a uh, lots of uh, ministry to homeless people. And, uh, and we had homeless people all over uh, the community. So we spent a lot of time feeding them, ministering to them, helping them find homes, and so on. During that time, somebody told me an interesting story about two uh, homeless people walking down the street. One morning, they've already had their sort of first uh, liquid breakfast as they were walking down the street, speaking sort of very loudly. And as they came very close to the bus shelter, they saw a nun. So they started going, more quiet, more quiet. As they came even closer, they saw that she was on crutches. So something deep inside of them felt sorry for this poor nun. So uh, they stopped and they looked at her in the bus shelter. And the first guy said, Oh, sister, what happened to you? And she was sort of apologetic and she says, Well, you see, I took a bath and I slipped in the bath. So he turned to his friend, he says, hey, what's a bath? <laughs> he looked at him and said, don't ask me, I'm not Roman Catholic. <laughs> okay, will you open your Bibles? <laughs> Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 from verse 11. I just want to share with you a brief word. You might have different versions. I've uh, decided to use a sort of more modern version. Verse 11, it says, Then the the Lord's angel came to the village of Ophrah and sat under an oak tree that belonged to Joash, a man of the clan of Fabiezer. His son Gideon was threshing some wheat secretly in a wine press so that the Midianites would not see him. The Lord's angel appeared to him there and said, The Lord is with you, brave and mighty man. Gideon said to him, If I may ask, sir, why has all this happened to us if the Lord is with us? What's happened to all the wonderful things that our fathers told us the Lord used to do? How he brought them out of Egypt. The Lord has abandoned us and left us to the mercy of the Midianites. Then the Lord ordered him, Go with all your great strength and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I myself am sending you. Now, I don't know if you've been aware of uh, some of the things that have been happening in the news uh, last week, and I'm not talking about uh, what happened in Peter Maritzburg and uh, so on, but uh, the most exciting thing in this week uh, was the Paralympics. And let me tell you, I mean, I love the Olympics, but I think the Paralympics is even better than the Olympics. Okay? I mean, not just simply because they brought out more medals than the able-bodied guys. <laughs> but I mean, they really move your heart. When you watch some of those things that those people do, I'm like, gosh, 
I don't know how many of you, half of you could do what they, you know, achieved. I mean, they just absolutely amazing. And then, of course, our two, you know, some of our great athletes, um, and the two sort of, I'm thinking of uh, Natalie and the uh, mysterious Jack. But I want to read you a paragraph in a newspaper. Now, they, are they, are they really, I've just been devouring all these newspapers and talking about these athletes. Absolutely fantastic. This is what they say about the two of them. It says, if Natalie the toy had been the pearl of the pool these past three days, then Oscar Pistorius has become the titan of the track after winning the 100-meter sprint in the most dramatic fashion yesterday. Is that great? Really, really exciting. But as I thought about that, I think, you know, so often there are so many people who do great things, but they never hit the news. Wonderful things. And uh, if you check out uh, on the internet, they've got some interesting uh, sites there. Uh, in actual fact, they do have awards for some people who do things that are never, ever hit the headlines. Let me, uh, there, there's a chap called Mark Abrams, and he talks about an awards that takes place every year. And I quote him, and he says, The prizes are intended to celebrate the unusual, honor the, imagine, the imaginative, and spur people's interest in science, medicine, and technology. Listen to some of these unusual prizes that they give. Howard Stapleton from Wales for inventing electromagnetic teenager repellent, a device that makes an annoying high-pitched noise designed to be audible to teenagers, but not to adults. <laughs> How about that? I'm glad that we got some parents here, because you see, they were saying this is interesting how this thing can be used. He says, for later, using the same technology to make telephone ringtones that are audible to teenagers, but probably not to their parents and teachers. <laughs> what about the chap who got the prize for aviation? Lady, there's actually, fact, a lady called uh, Patricia Agostino for discovering that hamsters recover quicker from jet lag when they've been given Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> Or the chap from China for extracting vanilla flavor from cow dung. Oh. Or what about this ridiculous one for determining a chap in for uh, the prize in linguistics for the determining that rats sometimes can't distinguish between Japanese play backward and Dutch play backward. And so, one last one, we're going on economics. For inventing a clock, an alarm clock that runs away and hides repeatedly, <laughs> thus ensuring that people do get out of bed, and thus theoretically adding many productive hours to the workday. <laughs> Check out that site to tell you later about it. But as I was thinking about this, I thought of, of Gideon. And here's how Gideon, I don't think you'll have got close to any of these prizes. I mean, Gideon is really a bit of a failure. I mean, it's really, I mean, the angel comes along to him and refers to him as the mighty man of valor. Now, when you look at this man, what he's up to, I mean, he doesn't get close to being a mighty man of valor. But you know, I wonder, sometimes God looks into our lives and he sees things that we don't see. Because you see, Gideon was this man who eventually, after God had spoken into his life, 
defeated the Midianites and brought victory to Israel. But let's step back just a moment or two. Here he finds himself, now you've got to understand where this man is. The angel finds Gideon threshing wheat in a winepress. Now the winepress is the key in this passage. and You've got to understand this. In Israel, the winepress is found at the bottom of the valley. All the vines would be up the slopes and they would bring the grapes down from these slopes, these heavy loads, and they'd bring them down to the winepress and they'd put them in the winepress and I'll be trampled on there. Of course, you look around here, look at the Constantia Hills and you see all the vines up the hills and they bring the grapes down to the winepress in the valley. But the wheat was taken up to the mountaintop where it could get the wind, the breeze, so that when they do the threshing, they could separate the chaff from the wheat. So here we find Gideon at the bottom doing something that's virtually impossible. He finds himself in this winepress where there's no wheat, and I'm picturing this guy, you know, he's got to get food for the family, food for the community, whatever. And he's trying to separate the wheat from the chaff. And it's in this situation where he's probably frustrated because his response to this angel, unlike many of us, we'd have an encounter with God, he turns almost infuriated. When the angel refers to him as mighty man of valor, God is on your side, Esper. Since when? Look at the state of the nation. How can you possibly say that God is on our side? Sometimes we find ourselves in places like that, in frustration, as Gideon found himself pretty frustrated and pretty angry. Uh, at a situation like this. We find ourselves in a place where there's no wind. Now, of course, in the, in the Bible, it's often the sort of play between the wind and the spirit. Same word, ruach, is used. And sometimes, you see, we want to go somewhere for God, but we're not where the spirit is. And you see, I believe that St. Martin's Church is a place where God wants to take it to another level. This morning I was talking about prayer because that's going to take us to that new level. Mm. How is God going to take us there? And we're going to end up being frustrated because you're going to be like a person who wants to move somewhere, but the only way you're going to get there is when the wind we be where the wind is. And so often we've got all the right techniques, we've got all the right equipment, we've got everything that you need to be able, that you think we should be achieving. We should be doing this. In actual fact, we've got more technical stuff than the church down the road. But why is it that we're not moving? Why is it that we're not making the impact? Why is it that we're not going out and doing the kinds of things that God wants us to do? First thing, are we where the Spirit is? Open those sails so that the sails can catch the wind of the Spirit and take you where God wants you to be. And sometimes it means just stepping out, Jake, as you did on this past weekend. And, just, and it's okay. Just keep on stepping. And sometimes you're going to take that one step, but you're going to take the next one, and the next one, and the next one. 
Because you see, God is going to move you to another place. You know, it's always think, great, this is the weekend. But you see, we like Peter and those other disciples. Lord, can we build a couple of tents here? Isn't it wonderful? Let's build a monument to what's happened at Four Woods. When in actual fact, God wants to move on. God wants to move on. God wants to move on. And you've got to be ready. Where is it, God, that you want to take us next? So that we keep on going. And let me tell you, there's so much more that needs to be done. This place is already getting too small for the amount of people that God wants to bring in this place. There are people, folks, I believe that somebody came in here this evening who wandered in. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I tell you how many people are going to wander in here. People are going to wander in here. Let me tell you, I was in churches where the Spirit of God was moving. I'll tell you a story about a man who walked past the church where I was at. And this man was charismatic and Pentecostal, spoke in tongues and prophesied, did all kinds of things. And he walked past this church day after day after day. And he came into the community and says, God, I need a church. And every time God said, you go into this church over here, he said, God, that's an Anglican church and I'm a Pentecostal. <laughs> God said to you, I want you to go in. Of course, he went in and discovered that things were happening. People were doing things differently. You see, that's what's going to happen. We're going to get the place where the Spirit of God is not just, yeah, but people must walk past this place through the main road. We don't even need signs to point to where St. Martin's is, and people must come because something is happening, and they know that their lives can be touched things are going to be changed and things are going to be different. I'm telling you, people are living out there that are hopeless. People are living in fear. People are living in depression. People are looking for answers and they're going on drugs and all kinds of stuff and so on. And we are the answer. We are the people who are going to reach out there. We're going to be available. And we're going to make this place such a place where the Spirit of God is present. I'm telling you our stories throughout history. Talk about people like Catherine Kuhlman and other folks. Folks, when people walk past the meetings, they were touched by the Spirit of God. That's the kind of thing that we're looking for. We want people's lives to be touched, and we want people to be changed. But there's going to come a point where you have to make a choice. Each one of us. What I'm talking about here is that God's looking for vessels of honor. Vessels that will bring honor to God. And there's a choice involved in that. I want to tell you a story about a chap um, called uh, Clay Shivers. Clay Shivers was a top player. Recently read about him, a top football player. He's a top football player in the States. Top, top football player. <coughs> Guy was winning all kinds of awards and so on. And he had just heard that a top magazine in the States was going to nominate him to sort of get huge coverage in this magazine. Fancy, glossy magazine. The problem is that Clay Shivers is a committed Christian and the magazine was Playboy. Shivers had to make a decision Like many of you, like many of us, we get to a place in our life where we have to make a decision. We're going to keep on, because you see, that blessing that you receive today is your today. 
You can't live tomorrow on yesterday's blessing. And one of the things with many people in churches that have experienced renewal and where the charismatic movement is, they're still where they were last year or the year before. And as I said to my family around the table, you know, some folks you can see where they got stuck. Find out what songs they are singing. <laughs> I mean, how many people you get to churches and they're still singing? Give me all of my mind. You know, you get this, that's where they stopped. That thing was written in the 70s. <laughs> that's where they stopped with God. They haven't moved on. <coughs> And be careful when you do that kind of thing. And it doesn't matter well, you know what that song is today. People will know you. It's like the outfits we wear, you know. You've got stuck somewhere. <laughs> okay, yeah, we moved on. And now we say, well, those songs, we've got to move on, move with God. So anyway, Clay Shivers, he had to make a decision. And he sat down. And you know, many of these football teams, they've got their own chaplains. And he sat down with his chaplain. They prayed and they prepared. What is he going to say? When Playboy magazine comes around and says to these guys, we've chosen you. Well, it happened. They telephoned him. And he answered the telephone. And then they told him that you have been nominated as our man of the year. His response was, no thank you. Let me tell you, that's a hard thing to do particularly when it's going to give you great prominence, huge coverage, yeah. and lots of money. See, that's going to happen all the time, folks, with jobs. Sometimes that's the way the devil will do it. He will attract you. Money, sex, or power. Those are the three powerful forces that will draw you and will Take you away, you will think, gosh, that one moment I was on track. I was moving where God wanted me to be. And the next minute, you're on track. He made a decision. And this is what I want to, uh, one author writes about him. And uh, he says, um, Clay didn't want to embarrass his mother and grandmother, nor give his high school friends an excuse to buy that issue. He quoted the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. To whom much has been given, much is required. I don't want to let anyone down. And number one on that list is God. We don't want to let God down. I want to say to you, if you have made a mistake, God's a forgiving God and that's very important. I've made many mistakes in my life too. God is a forgiving God and He's gracious. And simply what we've done, if you feel you've taken a wrong turn, come back to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Confess it to Him. God forgives. And that's why I like that verse from Psalm 103. As far as the east is from the west, so far as He separated your sins from you. Have you ever measured the east to the west? don't think everybody, everybody's tried that. But it's very, very far. And that's what God wants to do. You see, some of us, we've got great memories, particularly when it comes to the wrong that we've done or other people have done. And God says, if I can forget it, if I can forgive it, you forget it, and you forgive it. Now let's move. How do we become vessels of honor? I want you to turn with me quickly to a passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Becoming 
vessels of honour. Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20. And Paul writes, remember, he's writing to a young man called Timothy. This is his disciple. So that's why I love, I think it's great. If you haven't read through Timothy, read through it. 1 and 2 Timothy and also Titus. You will see some good advice in this passage for young people. He says, in a large house there are dishes and bowls of all kinds. Some are made of silver and gold, others of wood and clay. Some are for special occasions, others for ordinary use. If anyone makes himself clean from all those evil things, he will be used for special purposes, because he is dedicated and useful to his master, ready to be used for every good deed. And so he says, avoid the passions of youth and strive for righteousness, faith, Love and peace. I'm not going to expound that entire passage, but I want to bring before you two important words in this passage. Two important words. The first is a negative word. A negative word. He says in my version, verse 22, avoid. What does your say, Ross? Flee. Flee. Okay, that's a good translation. Flee. Flee. That's what God wants us to do. There are two things that you've got to do at this particular point in your life. Is get on the run. Now, you know, if you're a person like me, a lot of us guys, we don't like running. Okay? We want to sort of, hey, I stand my ground. Now, I'm a runner. For those of you who don't know it, long run many races. Okay, stupid enough even to do comrades. <laughs> and they, uh, in a lot, most of the pastors in Paul Aquani were Afrikaners from the Dutch Reformed Church and a few other churches as well. And they often used to see me running, and they said, Proverb, it's, it's wonderful in Afrikaans. They, it, it goes something like this anybody who runs, without anybody chasing him, has got something wrong. <laughs> so they often quote this to me, says, you know, why are you running when nobody's chasing you? <laughs> now sometimes there are some things that people can't see that you have to run away from. Okay? Flee! You don't debate with these things. You don't discuss it. You don't negotiate. You flee! The same word... In this passage, flee is the same word that is used of Jesus and Mary and Joseph when they had to get away from Herod. There was no time to debate. Mary and Joseph couldn't say, Oh, this is Jesus the Savior. We're not running away from Herod. No! When the angel said flee, it meant flee. One of the reasons why we make mistakes in our lives because we stand when we're supposed to be fleeing. Run away! When you see that temptation coming along and it looks so interesting to home. Nobody can entice me with money, with sex or with power. Oh, don't you do it. Let me tell you, it happens so quickly. 
some of the great men and women have fallen and come down with a crash because they thought they could stand but they should have been running run make a list of things look at that list in there and you ask yourself as you leave here this evening God what are the things that I have got to run from okay let me tell you one of the things that helped me in my life is that I have mentors and spiritual directors. People who look in my life and they can say to me, tell me about your life over this last month. Is there something or somebody that's drawing you away from God? Paul writes here, he says that in a household, there are several vessels. I want you to picture, I didn't have time to sort of find different vessels here. Think of, think of something that we use outside there in the garden, just some little scrappy thing. And then you think of something else, maybe a third thing here, made of wood or whatever and so on. And then you have vessels that we use probably for communion on a Sunday. So different vessels. It'd be interesting, you know, that if you could have a sort of conversation between these sort of vessels here. But it's almost as if he's, he's saying, you know, you can choose. Do you want to be a vessel of honor? It's your choice. It's your choice. Sometimes people wonder, hey, how come Alan gets to these sort of zooty places or do some of the things he does? You make a choice. There is a choice involved. And it is wonderful. Some of you don't know how you got on the weekend. You don't know how some of the things happened to you. And there are some things that happen. I, mean, I tell you, I don't even know how I gave my life to the Lord and how some of the things happened to me. It felt exactly like that. The one day I was in the opposite direction, doing everything bad under the sun, and the next day I was preaching the gospel, sharing Jesus and bringing people to faith. That's how God does it. Turns your life around. Vessel of honor. You make a choice. So that's the first thing that you do. Flee. Don't stand when you're supposed to be running. Flee. Avoid. The second word in this passage which I'm going to bring to your attention is a positive word. A positive word. It goes on in that uh, second part of this passage and he says, pursue. Pursue. Run after. Grasp. Chase. Hunt. This is the same word that is used of Paul when he's going after the church before his conversion. <coughs> and one of the things Paul wanted to do was to destroy the church. And he did everything in his power. He would hunt down every Christian, every church, every Christian community. He would get permission and letters and anything he needed so that he could hunt them down. He writes in this passage to Timothy and he says, hunt these things down, pursue them, cross, chase after them. Go on a hot pursuit of right living, of faith, of love, and of peace. You know, many of those things are referred to as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as you know, fruit doesn't grow in the night. And so you will look at your life and you might be feeling like you're walking on cloud nine right now. 
and you feel like you're in love with everybody. <laughs> you've got such peace, and you've got such joy, and nothing could go wrong. And tomorrow you wake up with a headache, and things don't feel right, and everything goes wrong. And that's okay. Fruit takes time to develop. And some of you will have to go through fire and difficult and tough and challenging things. And they only happen in that way. There is no other way. See, one of the reasons why we don't have great sportsmen, because you see, we're still living in the glory of 94. We think we can arrive at the scene and everybody's just going to say, okay, school will go. Uh-uh. Doesn't happen that way. You're going to train, man. Yes, I was watching some of the highlights of that rugby match between New Zealand and Australia. Oh, my gosh. It's like watching the English Premier League. I mean, these guys, they're like, fiddle with the ball and let's maybe it will get through. <laughs> oh, my gosh. These guys are working and you can see the game plan and they get that ball through. It's a try. Christians, we're going to come and become like that as well. Train yourself. Pursue. Go. Get fit. I'm going to talk sometime about fitness. <laughs> I believe you need good bodies. This is your vessel that God uses. If your vessel is unfit, I'm telling you, you're going to have trouble. Okay, so we're probably going to start a roving cross. Get you guys fit. You see, I once, I was once was close to a, to a nervous breakdown, and I went to live on a, on, on a place far from here. It was interesting Christian community, and every day the person would come along and not ask me anything about whether I was reading my Bible or praying and so on. Just ask me, "Are you eating? Are you sleeping? Are you exercising?" Your body is very important. It plays a very important role. Keep yourself fit, physically, spiritually, and mentally. Choose today to become a vessel of honor. Let's just have a prayer. You know, well, let's just hear what God wants to say. Blessed be your name, Yeah, let's just come before God and uh, once again give ourselves to God. We are standing at a very special time in history. I love that song we've sung earlier on. We want to be history makers. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to write that song in your hearts. Don't just sing words. Say to God, God, I really mean those words that I sung. We want to be history makers. We want to make a difference, Lord. But we know it's not going to come easy. We've seen so many people tumble and fall. And we know that we're going to be tough because there are going to be challenges out there. And it's not the weak and the feeble. And those who are not prepared to train themselves are going to make it. Bless you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, we bless your name. 